1: You're listening to Marketing News Canada, Canada's number one show featuring the brightest minds in marketing, PR, and digital advertising. Hello to all our listeners out there. My name is Chris Penner, your guest host for this special episode of Marketing News Canada. I manage all things operations for Marketing News Canada's sibling company, Jelly Academy. Today, we have a very special guest from the world of marketing and communications, Sean Seleski. Sean is a communications executive with over 20 years' experience in both the public and private sector. He also lends his time in support of GRIS Montreal, an organization that raises awareness about the LGBTQ2 plus reality in high schools, reaching over 30,000 students each year. Sean, it's a pleasure to have you here.
2: Thanks for having me, Chris.
1: Awesome. Well, we're going to dive right in and learn more about your marketing journey, uh, how you got here, and maybe a bit about your origin story. Sure. Um, where do you like me to start? Maybe from the beginning. I think a lot of our listeners like to learn know what do career paths in marketing look like I yeah. know for myself it wasn't linear by any means or structured as to this is exactly how you get here so maybe share that story
2: yeah I've always felt like a bit of an alien to be honest in the marketing yeah. world I started my uh, career more on the communication side really uh, studying media studies uh, at the University of Ottawa completed my master's there while I was working full-time for the federal government in Ottawa. And so really mastered the art of organizational communications. Spent about 10 years in Ottawa in different positions, specifically with the Privy Council Office and with Public Safety Canada. (laughs) We were exposed to some pretty awesome files. Uh, Really working for the Government of Canada really opens up a lot of doors for various experiences. So there, spent a lot of time on the comm side. And uh, in particular, one experience that uh, stands out was uh, a year that I spent in Vancouver uh, in the lead up to the 2010 Olympic Games, where we were coordinating the communications component for a possible threat or attack mm-hmm. or incident with 81 different partners that were either local, provincial in BC or federal. And so that was a, an awesome experience at uh, really understanding how interconnected organizations need to be when there is that kind of uh, a scale of threat that's uh, upon us. So that was great. After that, moved to Montreal to join BDC's team. Um, And, uh, you know, at BDC, quickly, um, early in my career here, um, we had uh, merged uh, the marketing and communications functions. As a crown corporation, we are a lender, so we lend to uh, small and medium-sized businesses. And we aim to complement what the private sector is not doing. And -hmm. so we'll come in on deals to help complete financing rounds or assume maybe greater risk that the private sector won't necessarily take on. And so in that respect, you know, we do have a solid marketing function here Mm -hmm. and where we do need to market to entrepreneurs to ensure that they know They have access to that financing in Canada so that Mm -hmm. they can pursue their growth plans and become stronger companies. So, you know, that's really where I shifted more towards a marketing communications function. Uh, And it's been great, to be honest. Uh, I've um, been able to work with the different uh, lines of business at BDC from, you know, yes, traditional loans and financing, but also to our uh, venture capital unit, which backs you know, every year, dozens of highly promising, innovative Canadian tech companies that Mm -hmm. are really changing the world, whether it's in clean technology, whether it's in pure tech and health industry, or supporting um, more women-led startups. We have a portfolio of about 700 different tech startups that we're supporting now, and that keeps growing year
1: after year. Oh, that's incredible. And you mentioned the marketing communications function. Maybe for some of our listeners, you can describe how marketing and communications work together, because I think a lot of people kind of see those two things as maybe the same practice area, but they are somewhat disconnected, but work together.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I would say both are definitely related, but distinctly different. Marketing, uh, which is really focused on driving sales, whereas communications is going to be much higher up in the funnel. So looking at building awareness, um, at managing a brand's reputation, you know, we're really in that area where we're about building trust and credibility maybe uh, consideration, uh, perhaps, but that's when we're handing off to our marketing colleagues. So um, a very integrated model, but very different objectives.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. And so speaking of communications, are there any particular brands you follow that you would consider, you know, aspirational as to how they manage their communications processes?
2: Well, I really believe in simple, clear, crisp communications. Uh, So I I particularly like what Tangerine, I find that they do their comms extremely well uh, in keeping the message very simple, matter of fact, and they even include a bit of humor in that. And Mm -hmm. and that for me takes a lot of talent.
1: Yeah, that's incredible. And maybe you can speak to BDC's communications. What are some of the things you guys keep in mind when you're putting your communications out there and for the world to see?
2: Well, I mean, I think first and foremost, we need to make sure that we don't forget our audiences. And in a world where we are increasingly driven by the imperatives of our colleagues or our internal clients, sometimes too often, we forget that there's a human receiving this and that there are different kinds of humans that we want to speak to. And so ensuring that we are taking the time to listen, to understand, to be humble, so that we can create and craft messaging that will really resonate for those individuals. And uh, there has never been a more important time than now to do that, because we are trying to communicate so many different things, so many different complex issues, and a cookie-cutter approach just won't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the example that I'll give is communicating to certain populations uh, from the, uh, that are underserved. more equity-deserving groups. Mm-hmm. If you don't understand, or at least take the time to try to understand mm-hmm. their background, where they're coming from, what privileges you have, and that mm-hmm. perhaps they don't, and adapt yourself accordingly... Well, you're already shooting yourself in the foot.
1: Yeah, no, I completely agree. And on a, I guess, more simplified example, I can think when I was on the agency side with jelly marketing, some of the clients I worked with were relatively complex, perhaps law firms. And I think it was easy to use jargon in communications that a lawyer would understand. But if I'm looking for a lawyer, are they communicating to me in a way that I'm going to understand and then want to reach out to that person for more information. So that's an incredible point.
2: Yeah. Well, another example that I'll give uh, just because I am from the LGBTQ2 plus community is pride season, pride season. You see every financial institution or large consulting firm wrap themselves in the rainbow flag. Uh, In fact, some organizations even wrap their buildings with images of the rainbow flag. Their logos are rainbowed. There's one reason why at BDC we've never ever done that. It's because the rainbow flag is not something that we own. Mm-hmm. It's something that belongs to the LGBTQ2 plus community. There's a story behind it. There's symbolism behind it. And we want to respect that. So we may use the rainbow flag to associate you know, a specific event or a campaign to Pride Month, but we'll never use it in a way that we try to appropriate it as a brand to try and communicate uh, Mm -hmm. that we're being
1: inclusive. We have to be inclusive by our actions. I completely agree. And we see this with so many um, different national holidays or National Awareness Days. You think about Truth and Reconciliation Day. I, I was on a panel one time and they asked, what are you doing for this day? Oh, I instead said, it's not about what we do on this individual day. It's about what we're doing throughout the year to actually put action towards reconciliation. So I love that point that you yeah, made.
2: Absolutely. I mean, the fact is, is that, you know, there's a lot of washing going on. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, it creates distrust. Canadians do not trust organizations like they have in the past. And we've seen that, you know, time and time again with Edelman's uh, trust barometer. But it's quite frankly, um, it's scary. And when you look at the opportunity that businesses have today to lead the way, because Canadians and the general population really does expect business to do more when it comes to creating social change, again, That's come out loud and clear in Edelman's barometer results. And so while we're hearing a lot of talk, for me, it's very important that we also demonstrate the walk.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So along those lines, where is BDC heading next? Maybe from a communications standpoint, business standpoint, marketing standpoint, where can we see BDC next?
2: You know, when it comes from a sustainability standpoint, I would say that we've made a few commitments over the past years. We are now committed to being carbon neutral in our operations by 2025. We now are a member of the TCFD. We've also committed to better reporting standards on what the impact of our operations and portfolio are on um, the environment. But even better, uh, we've hired recently um, a chief um, DEI and sustainability officer who is responsible for bringing it all together across the organization. Prior to this person's arrival, uh, Sandra Odendal, who's fabulous, by the way, uh, from Scotiabank previously, we had a lot of good intent at the bank, a lot of actions happening, but disparate. They were happening and they weren't necessarily interconnected, and so the impact Mm -hmm. wasn't necessarily uh, being felt. And so Sandra's arrived. She's had hundreds of conversations, bringing together the right people and crafting really what is BDC's sustainability strategy for the next five years, five, 10 years, but what's going to get us really uh, to our objectives of 2050, because we truly believe that we as an organization are responsible for contributing to those objectives, but that SMEs as well have a role to play uh, when it comes to reducing um, the carbon footprint that we have um, on the environment. And so we are planning in that regard. We'll be um, hopefully launching uh, later this year some actions to support entrepreneurs as they transition towards a carbon-free economy. Yeah, I mean, the future is promising. But uh, at the end of the day, um, we need to ensure that we're walking that talk.
1: hmm And along the DEI front, uh, BDC recently sponsored six full-ride scholarships for Indigenous students to enroll in Jelly Academy, the digital marketing training program. For those of you who don't know, how does that come into the fold of your strategy and planning?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, our strategy is looking at BDC as an employer, of course, so that labor force uh, aspect, but also looking at it from the marketplace standpoint and our communities We've been hiring Indigenous talent for years now. We've recognized that there is a big gap when it comes to supporting Indigenous entrepreneurs. I believe we stood up our first uh, Indigenous uh, banking unit in 1996. So we have a long history of working with uh, Indigenous populations at BDC. Where the idea came from is that, you know, Every year, and having started my career in the public service um, with HRDC at the time, which was responsible and continues to be responsible for the Employment Equity Program, we're constantly being asked to evaluate, well, what does your workforce look like compared to the labor force that's available in the communities where you operate? And too often, those results were not strong enough when it came to Indigenous talent. Mm -hmm. As a leader within the organization— My team would tell me, well, we're just not getting any applications from Indigenous talent. They don't seem to be applying on our jobs. Well, it's so crucial to understand that, of course, they're not applying for our jobs. Of course, they're not even seeing them. Because everything that we do has been tailored to our reality. We're going where we would go to apply for jobs. We're going where we uh, would expect to see a job advertisement. The fact is, is that we needed to stop and listen and look at, you know, what was the actual issue? Where are Indigenous professionals looking for job information? And what are the right ingredients for them? Do we have the right values to attract them to our organization? Mm
0: -hmm. And so
2: uh, after a conversation with Darian, I was just so enthralled by what uh, Jelly was doing to support Indigenous um, marketers And, you know, at that moment, I said, you know what? We really need to do something with Jelly. Because the fact is, is that those candidates will not come to us. We need to go to them. Mm -hmm. Ensuring a diverse pipeline of talent is the manager's responsibility. And so this is one example of a way that we're trying to go and find that talent ourselves. Mm -hmm. Because otherwise, our results will stay very low. And, you know, quite frankly, our team's, will not benefit from what I believe is the rich contribution of a diverse team, of a diverse workforce. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the Filet-O-Fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time.
0: And if you love
1: the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6.
0: Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And it's definitely an issue we still face and probably will for years to come in digital marketing. Specifically, there is definitely more representation now in perhaps the visuals you see that are Tied to digital marketing. We can still Um, do better. We can still do better, but we need more people behind the scenes that are influencing what goes in front of people. We need those voices being a part of what goes out to the public, because without that, you're not really being diverse.
2: Uh, Absolutely agree with you. Um, And there are so many actions that a marketing team can take to ensure that its collateral, its documentation, its communications are truly inclusive. And, you know, I'll give you a couple of examples uh, that we've adopted at BDC, the first being inclusive writing. So now when we're writing on our website or on any material, we're ensuring that we no longer refer to uh, a sex necessarily. Um, And so we're really referring to that gender-neutral formation. We're not 100% there. We need to do more. It (laughs) is something we have to take baby steps at doing. But we recognize that we have more work to do and that we need to work towards getting better. And that's probably the biggest thing that brands need to recognize is that it's okay to be humble and to say, you know what, we're not going to get there overnight, but we're going to take small actions at a time to help uh, ensure that, uh, you know, we're doing right by these audiences. And, you know, the collateral impact is that you'll be seen as someone who's actually impactful when it comes to DEI, who's authentic when it comes to uh, specifically inclusion.
1: Yeah, that transparency is key. And admitting when you're not there, it, it's okay. At least you're recognizing that. And, and Absolutely. Uh, and, yeah. and
2: we're not fully there, you know? And I would argue that there isn't a brand in Canada that is fully there.
1: Nope. Absolutely. So you, you've shared a couple of pretty incredible pieces of advice for brands, including the one you just shared. Is there anything else you can share with brands? Maybe from, it could be a communications perspective, DEI perspective. What are your thoughts there?
2: Well, I would say it's is probably the evolution of community giving, where organizations in the past have been looking to give to communities to support communities largely through financial donations. What I'm loving in terms of a trend that I'm seeing is a move towards a more integrated approach. And so uh, people in the field will call it catalytic philanthropy, but that notion that a brand is going to not just look at its bottom line and the amount of dollars it will donate to a specific cause, uh, but how can it align the different parts of what it does as an organization to support that cause. And so to give a tip of the hat to my own employer, we recently chose to support the well-being and mental health of entrepreneurs. This was a decision we made five years ago in 2018. No other company was looking specifically at Mental health and well being for entrepreneurs. We put forward a uh, three pronged approach. So, yes, of course, we were going to give uh, a certain amount of money to organizations that uh, supported mental health. But that was really the smaller part of the strategy. The rest of the strategy was to go and raise awareness about the issue, to have conversations with entrepreneurs, to connect them with organizations that are credible when it comes to mental health and that could support them, to create research. So to send out, uh, and so we partnered uh, that year in 2018 with the Canadian Mental Health Association and produced research on specifically entrepreneurs and their struggles with mental health and what their coping mechanisms were. we've since uh, published a barometer of entrepreneurs' mental health every year, and we'll be publishing our next edition um, in April. So looking forward to that. But again, so, you know, going from dollars and cents to raising awareness to research, and the cherry on the on the Sunday, if you will, um, is uh, our support pillar, and so we've really tried to bring together all of the resources that exist to support Canadian entrepreneurs, whether they're free or to cost, um, in one central hub. And later this year, a bit of a scoop, we're hoping to uh, make available uh, some uh, form of uh, support mechanism to our clients uh, who are having a hard time with uh, with mental health, which is. Um, goes way beyond uh, what a bank would be expected to do yep. and shows uh, the commitment that we have to uh, this specific issue.
1: Yeah, that's incredible about the entrepreneur side. My wife is an entrepreneur, started a company just about two years ago, and I've seen how tough it is to be an entrepreneur. It, it's it's not easy, so that's incredible. Another example I'll throw out there is what you guys are doing with us at Jelly Academy, beyond sponsoring The indigenous scholarships with cash your team is putting time into mentoring our students as well which you know made the decision for us to work with you so much easier because we want to have partners that are committed to what we're doing as well so you guys have also had four mentoring sessions with those scholarship recipients letting them know about what a day in the life looks like as a digital marketer in different roles and you've also shared uh, job opportunities with all of those candidates as well. So that was incredible.
2: Thanks. Well, I, there's a great team here uh, behind me. And uh, I have to say that uh, we're really blessed to have people who really do believe in diversity and inclusion at its core and uh, that are working towards uh, you know, making the brand better.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That has been uh, incredible advice you've shared thus far, Sean. I'm going to jump on to uh, some more fun, quick fire questions yeah. to end things off here. First thing, favorite apps, books, podcasts, or a life hack? Any one of those? What comes to mind?
2: Um, what I would say in terms of apps, I don't know if this counts, but chat GPT has just Mm -hmm. changed my life recently. So I've been having a, a great time fooling around with chat GPT. In terms of life hacks, two things. One is to always remember that you are human, that I'm a human, that the people that we work with and that we surround ourselves with are human and to treat them that way. That's something that is, really, I believe, done me well uh, since the beginning of my career, whether it's a colleague, a peer, the um, superior, for that matter. Uh, the second uh, piece of advice would be, it's um, corny, but stay positive. There's so much negativity. Right?
1: <laughs> not corny, that's incredible. Yeah.
2: There's just so much negativity, right? Um, yeah. and, and we can easily get ourselves wound up in that. So, you know, It's easier to say, I think, to stay positive. There are some really easy things that we can do to really uh, maintain that healthy balance of, yeah, work, but also um, a certain amount of inner peace. So whether Mm -hmm. it's meditation, exercise, everyone has their own way to just kick back. It's important that we do that because that will allow you to stay positive and keep your focus.
1: Totally. Totally. I know we're doing quickfire, but I want to jump back to ChatGPT. Yeah. Can you share some insights? as Because obviously it's all the rage. Everything I follow on LinkedIn is primarily marketing related. I'm seeing how SEOs, how marketers use ChatGPT yep. um, to support their job function. So maybe you can share some insights there.
2: Well, so it's relatively new, right? Um, what I'm seeing in the experimenting that I've been doing is it's all about the quality of the input. If the quality of the input that you put in is high, then what you get will be very good. Uh, And so it takes a lot of testing, which is why, uh, like at BDC, I would highly recommend that uh, organizations um, embrace ChatGPT as opposed to block it, because we are seeing a lot of organizations that are blocking it across Mm -hmm. their uh, networks. And why I say that is because it's by getting, perhaps it's a smaller group of employees to test it out, you're able to generate so much insight as to how you could then use it properly within uh, the enterprise to generate efficiency, to generate perhaps better uh, raw data. But ultimately, uh, you know, what what I'm seeing the biggest advantage is I can now do the kind of lower value tasks that I have in approximately 80% less time. Um, And so that gives me more time to spend listening to spend understanding, to spend building a more impactful strategy.
1: Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. And who knows where it'll go in the near future. Yeah. But who knows? It's it's very interesting for now. This one may be a bit tricky to jog your memory, but first thing you worked on, perhaps from a marketing or com standpoint.
2: So, A, um, I'm taking offense because I think you're calling me old right now. <laughs> um, my, my memory is is fine. Good. Okay. <laughs> and it wasn't that long I wouldn't, ago. Be,
1: I wouldn't be able to remember, so. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, it was in high school. I huh. took a, a summer job working for a, a music festival uh, where I grew up in Sudbury called uh, La Nuit sur l'Etat, uh, which was um, a concert series in support of francophone Ontarian artists
1: cool yeah and sorry what was so what was your function as a marketer communications person
2: basically was uh coordinating all of the uh, uh, different actions that were required to promote the festival for that year yeah
1: Yeah. well that is an incredible resume builder straight out of high school as Ah. a marketing and comms (laughs) person so good for you a movie you love a movie
2: I love. Honestly, I don't have an answer. I, I don't watch movies.
1: Netflix. Netflix uh, show. Anything.
2: Okay. Um, Netflix, we recently watched and very much enjoyed um, you, but I mean, that makes me sound mm-hmm. weird. <laughs>
1: nope. No. Nope. I haven't watched it. My wife has watched it and I think is a, is a fan as well. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. It's
2: definitely yeah. very, um, uh, what's the word that I'm looking for? Addictive.
1: <laughs> right, yeah, one of those binge-worthy shows. Exactly. Yeah, gotcha. <laughs> favorite song or album that you put on repeat?
2: I, again, I listen to very little music, but I can tell you that I love listening to podcasts, and mm-hmm. uh, my favorite podcasts to listen to are Anxious Achiever, which is fantastic. And as a person who is normally very anxious, a high-performing anxious um yep. i really enjoy getting the tips that uh, that uh, podcast offers mm-hmm. um and then idea cast which is always uh, really great to keep myself uh informed
1: awesome and i'm surprised you didn't mention marketing news canada but that's okay
2: <laughs> oh but of course <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's implicit yeah of course what about um a night owl or early bird yeah
1: which, which one?
2: <laughs> definitely an early bird. Yeah. Um, you know, one of my uh, life hacks is to get up early, get active. So I'll go to the gym in the morning before um, my family wakes up. And then when I get home, I'm feeling great. My mind is ready for the day. I've got all the energy I need and uh, it's done. So yeah, that's my um, life hack and definitely an early bird.
1: Awesome. Yeah, I think um, that might be a part of the anxious achiever. Kind of, I guess, way of being because I'm the exact same. I tend to be oh, quite yeah. anxious about things, but I like to start my day early, get things done, and feel refreshed to start the day. It so feels I, great. It does. It does. Another one here, skills required for a new economy. So we're looking ahead at the future. Yep.
2: Yeah, no, uh, I think at the top of that list would be uh, understanding data. Um, So not necessarily being a data scientist, but understanding the core principles of data and how to use data to tell a good story. Also, how to use data to tell a story that you're being told is BS as well, because uh, we know that numbers uh, can also be used to spread, um, you know, less truthful uh, interpretations of things. So, uh, but I would say today, absolutely, being able to decode data, tell a story with data is crucial for a marketer and for a communicator specifically.
1: Yeah, the thing I would add to that is, you know, what is the source of that data? How is it gathered? I think it's really easy for us in the world of social media where we can look at 20 posts in the span of 10 seconds that, you know, you can glaze over that information and take it for face value. Absolutely.
2: So. And we were speaking of uh, ChatGPT earlier. The worst thing you can do is take an output of ChatGPT and assume that everything in there is accurate. You still have to go back and verify your sources, ensure that there are sources that you can stand behind as well. And so... There are certain classics that I would say, classic skills, that is, that you still need to be able to maintain even in today's economy. Even if it's easier to get information, you've got to be able to validate things and ensure that, you know, not only that it's accurate, but that you can stand behind uh, the sources that um, a chat GPT, for example, is proposing.
1: Absolutely. Well, this has been a lot of fun, Sean. Is there any other parting wisdom you'd like to share with our listeners?
2: you know what? Have fun, be authentic. And um, that's about it. I mean, honestly, I think I really do believe in work-life balance and ensuring that, you know, work hard and uh, and party hard.
1: Yeah. Work hard, play hard. I like it. Yeah. Awesome. (laughs) Well, it's been an absolute pleasure, Sean. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for sharing all these insights with us and our listeners. For all our listeners out there, we will see you next time on Marketing News Canada. Thanks. Cheers. Thanks for listening to
2: Marketing News Canada. For more episodes and other great stories from Canadian marketers, visit MarketingNewsCanada.com. All episodes are recorded in the Jelly Marketing Studio thanks to our producer, Chris Penner, and editors, Travis
1: Jeffers and the Podfather.
2: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich.